0: Unity Community of Central Oregon's podcast. I wanted to say just a couple of words about Rip Robin because when I first started coming to Unity back at the Grange, back in the day, she was one of those. Yeah, remember the Grange? Can you imagine we were in that place after this now? She was one of those presences, one of those faces that just I could turn to when I was nervous. I was starting to host and did a talk, and I know I could always turn and look at Robin and just feel that warmth coming off of her just that presence that just warms you up. And she's been ordained since 2001, right? Since Hal and the Space Odyssey and all that stuff. <laughs> 2001, she's been know, an ordained minister, and her presence here at Unity has been hugely felt in all the years, and she finds her joy in connecting with animals and people and serving as our head of our prayer chaplain team and doing counseling and so many things. So I'd like to welcome Brother Brown. about this note. We'll get to that. You know what I love about Central Oregon? We really know how to worship God. I mean seriously. We go out and we look at the mountains and we hike and we ski and we bicycle ride and personally I ride my horse. Uh, We have so many ways to worship the Cathedral of Nature, don't we? And isn't it easy to see God in nature? I can't tell you how many times when in, when uh, uh, I lived in the valley and it was raining all the time, and I go out and I have to feed the horses. And so I put my hood over my head to keep the rain out of my face, and I'd be walking to the barn going, hey, I wish it was inside where it was warm. And then halfway there, I noticed, oh wow, look at that little spider web with the droplets weighing down the, the little web, and how beautiful it was. And no matter what happened, I could never make it all the way out to the barn before I am going, Whew, thank God I have horses to get me out of nature. <laughs> other areas in life that maybe it's tougher to see God? How about in the face of someone who's yelling at you and angry? How about in the face of someone who's just said something to you that doesn't feel very good? How about watching the news? And all the that are seen going wrong with our world and are depressing. Where is God there? Do you ever have trouble remembering that God is present in our world when you're inundated with all this bad news? I know I do. Actually, that's why I come and talk to you, because I remind myself of the truth when I tell you. In my ministerial thesis, I had two pictures. One was a picture of a woman sitting in a garden, meditating. And the butterflies were out, and the colors were bright, and she the look on her face was just so stupid. And I asked the question, is this person experiencing God? And then in the second picture, was a picture of military men at war out in the snow, holding their guns, looking very intent like they were waiting to be attacked at any moment. And I asked the question, where is God here? Well, do you have an answer for me? Which person was experiencing God more? The, the meditator? Oh, take a chance. Who thinks the meditator was experiencing God? There we go. We have a few brave souls. Yeah. Don't you think the meditator was experiencing God? I do. What about the military men? Were they experiencing God? Yes. They absolutely were. Because we know that in order to experience God, all we need to do is be completely present in the moment. I love all these books that are coming out and talking about the power of now and being present in the now because that's where God is no matter what. But we still, and I've noticed I do this anyway, and I'll tell on myself because I, I, I start with saying, okay, when someone tells me what to believe, I'm going, yeah, yeah, that resonates, good. I'll, I'll, I'll adopt that. And then later on I test it because how do I know for sure? So I poke it, and I test it, and I poke God a lot. (laughs) And I test God a lot to see how it'll turn out. And I've done some surprising things with God. I've told God where to go. I've told God you're on my shelf. I don't want to talk to you right now. (laughs) And I've told God all of my pain and my sorrows, and I have yelled to God, where the heck are you in my life right now? I, I, it feels like my life is a mess. There's nothing that can fix this. And I thought you were on my team. Where are you? And you know what I found out? That when I talk to God like that, do you know what happens? Got any guesses? I actually, when I re- first did this, I told God, you're on the shelf, I don't know what's going on. I was actually in ministerial school. I said, I don't know what's going on with you. All this stuff is happening that I don't like. So right now, I'm putting you on the shelf. And it took me two weeks to read my body language. I was walking like this. And it took me two weeks to notice that and say, okay, shoulders, what's this about? And I recognized that I was waiting to be struck by lightning for daring to talk to God that way. That is how, much, how insidious our beliefs are from our culture. That we have to be a certain way in the presence of God. So when I looked at my shoulders, oh wow, I'm believing this. Well, what is the truth? And you know what the answer came through loud and clear? Is God says, talk to me, all of it, everything, good, bad, everything in between because we are in this together. We look at good and bad, and we like to think, okay, God is good, everything is wonderful, and then, but when we think of war and difficulty, we kind of like to separate that out and say, well, you know, let's go back to God. Well, wait a minute, isn't God over here too? How do we experience God In those moments. How do we make sense of that? Heaven, hell, good, bad, evil. I love someone's description of evil. Have you heard it? If you spell E-V-I-L backwards, if you live backwards, you get evil. And when you live in the moment, you get life. And that is experiencing God. But now, how many times have you felt really separated from God? I know I had a lot. A lot. And how do you get back to that? It's not from doing anything special, being anything special. It is from remembering who you are. Now, when I screw up, I feel really bad about it. And so I take my little invisible whip. Do you have one? And depending on, I've even noticed, I, depend, I decide how bad I was, depending on, and that decides how long I have to keep whipping and feeling bad. And it may last a long time. And our culture teaches us this, doesn't it? We have to feel bad when we mess up. And that's not of God. We're not being godly. We're not being loving. We're not being all of those things. And so I need to pay for it. Is that the best way to experience God? I don't think so. I don't think so. And yet I still do it. And only now the difference is a question to go, oh, okay. Is this where really going to pay penance? Because that's kind of what I think I'm doing. I'm paying penance. I am paying for my uh, misstep, my sin, my whatever I did wrong. But what's the best way to experience God? Beating yourself up. How do you feel when you feel bad? And and let's say you decide, okay, what I did requires five minutes of really really feeling bad. So you step into your five minutes, you feel really bad. And at the end of it, how do you feel? Exactly. a lot worse. It doesn't fix it, does it? So we need to make the paradigm shift of how we treat ourselves. When I mess up, and when I remember and catch myself, because even though I've known this for a while, boy, it's a stumbly-bumbly road to be good at it, and catch myself and say, which From which place am I going to not only experience God, but express God, and get back on track where I want to be? And that's from a place of joy. That's from a place of knowing that I'm in the human condition. And you know what? It's okay. You know how I know that? Because God put me here. Must be okay, right? We are all in this together. Now, how many times in a day do you make a mistake? (laughs) Some days, oh, oh, Kevin says twice. I like that. Very good. (laughs) (laughs) Some days I can't even count. And some days seem pretty good. But how do you feel about yourself when you make those mistakes? And that's what needs to change in order to experience God no matter where we are. Now I don't believe that after you die, heaven and hell is real estate that we go to. Why wait that long? God says we can go there now. When I'm experiencing the magnificence of God, I'm in heaven right here and now. How about you? But when I'm thinking it's far away and I'm just a screw up and there's no hope for me, that's absolutely hell right here on this planet. And from that place of hell, I can't clean up my act very well, even though that's what our society teaches we should do. It's the very cornerstone of how we handle things. When you're bad, you have to be punished. And now your punishment's over, okay, maybe you can join the um, the group again, but we're gonna keep an eye on you. Well, that's what we do to ourselves, isn't it? Think about that. And where is, who's the most important person on the planet to show love to? Yourself. See, we all know that answer. And how much do you practice it? So, this is not about guilt and bad because, boy, we can all dump guilt on each other. We're good at it. Society has taught us well. It is about remembering the truth. The truth that the more we celebrate each other, the more we remember who we are is this beautiful creation of this one power, this one beautiful energy that is all good. Now my saddest news is to say God doesn't fear pain, discomfort, death. That's not a fear, that's not a problem with God, is it? It's all part of our existence. And we want to avoid that part. But God says, no, it's okay, you'll get through it. And we do, don't we? Because we are eternal spirits. We didn't we weren't created when we were born here. We were we were we were spirits and boy, you know, we can't possibly describe what it was like from this existence, but we didn't get created when we came in here. And we don't die when we leave. We're like our little um, crabs uh, that grow, grow past the size of our shell. And we just kick the shell off and move on. And oh, someone right, else right. might even use yes, uh-huh. hermit crabs. And someone might even, another animal might even use that shell when the crab is done. That's what we do. But we get so caught up in the drama of life that we think death is bad. Death is a part of life. First, there's birth. We love to consider birth and babies and puppies and, and new little flowers. But death is beautiful too. Death reminds us that we are in a beautiful process and we can sleep through it or we can make the most of every moment and experience every part of it. Life is, to me, kind of like a roller coaster ride. You buy your ticket, all excited, go climb in the car, the little, the little bar slams shut on you, and now you go, oh, oh I really want to be here, but now I'm stuck. And then as the ride starts and you're going way up the hill, I'm thinking, maybe I don't want to do this. This was a mistake. And then, of course, going through my mind is all the times I've heard of accidents in any sort of uh, amusement park, right? (laughs) Am I I alone in this? (laughs) And I'm thinking, oh, I don't want to be here. And then as I press the hill, then it starts to get exciting again. And then I have a wonderful time being scared out of my pants all the way down. For that fear. (laughs) Yet when it happens to us in life, we forget it. We buy into the drama and we think fear is bad. Fear is a part of us. If we embrace that too, we can notice, like these military men who are waiting to be attacked. How present do you suppose they were? I'll bet you they noticed every tiny little sound every tiny little movement around them they were so present so we can find God everywhere we look if we take the opportunity and step out to look to know that God is in everything now, when we uh, said goodbye to Reverend Jane, I passed out um, paper for all of you to write love notes to, you, to her, and many people did. And then uh, Megan had the great idea, well, you know, some people didn't get a chance to write love notes to Jane, so let's leave more paper out. So last week we announced there's more paper there and a basket, if you want to write Jane a love note, I'll make sure she gets it. Then, Sylvia, Grabbing one of those sheets, and she wrote me a love note. And I'm like, this is so great. And so, thank you so So that's why I brought this up. We're so quick to notice when things are going wrong and when people are doing it wrong. How about if we're quicker to notice and let them know when it's going right? When there's something about them that you are loving, admiring, and want to let them know. We need to write more love notes in this world to each other. So there's paper right outside the store with a basket that says love notes for Jane. But feel free to write a love note to anyone and give it to them. We need these things. We get reminded over and over where we've messed up and where we're not uh, hanging in there and doing what people think we should do. Let's cheer for each other a little bit more and help each other remember the truth that we know to be true, that God is everywhere. God has created all of us. God has created every single circumstance, even war. Because God knows how it's going to turn out. It's going to be okay. And when we remember that, How do you feel? If someone were to come up to you in your worst moment and say, I know you're going through hard things right now, but I just want you to know it's going to be okay," And I don't know what that will look like, because God's way more creative than me. But I know it will be okay. Wouldn't that be a nice thing to remember? see God as a diamond with limitless facets. And so God shows up in limitless ways in our society. And when I look at these stained glass windows, it's so beautiful to see God in that. And then when I step in the dog poop and I go, ooh. ooh, ooh, ooh." We like to think God isn't there. Yes, God is there too. Just think how we worry if the dog quit doing that. As a horse owner, I can tell you, I count. (laughs) So there is God everywhere. And I forget just as much as everyone else, else, which is one of the reasons I come to church. Because we remind each other. We're on each other's team. We help them remember the richness and the beauty of life. Because when we're in the mire, boy, it's really, really hard to remember that. And yet, sometimes the mire helps me remember the best. I remember I broke my wrist and I was sitting in ER waiting, and you know it's gonna be a while, you know, before they get to me. Now, they gave me in my little cubicle, I'm sitting there waiting, but I know this is gonna be a long time before they do anything with me, and I'm gonna just sit here in pain until, and I know that. And you know, the interesting thing was how I felt. I wasn't feeling angry that they were taking so long, I wasn't even in a hurry when they came in. I just noticed that I was grateful for everything. Because here I was, in a perfectly clean and shiny ER. I knew they were going to get to me. And I couldn't help but think, 150 years ago, you broke your wrist. You kind of tied it up and moved on. And you couldn't even fit it, You still had to do your chores. Because no one was there to do them for you. And I noticed I got really grateful. How fun to be grateful all the time. Isn't it great when you remember that? So our job is to see and embrace God everywhere we look. And in the tough stuff, our job is to remember that God is in the middle of this too. Count on. God is in the middle. And yeah, God doesn't fear the pain that we go through, the discomfort. But God says, I got you in my arms. And if you're willing to pay attention, you will experience me. Now, one of my favorite ways to experience God when I'm going through tough stuff is I have two methods. And these are when you're on the go. First I pull out my hand. We've all got a hand, right? So I always take my hand with me, it's always available. And I look at my hand. And I notice the little little marks there from living. I've got some old scars. The callus from where my ring hangs out. The little whorls and, and from the fingerprint. And all of a sudden I really remember that I have put myself back in the present moment. Because when I am inspecting something, whether it's my hand, or a flower, or the clouds in the sky, that's the present. And when I'm uncomfortable, and I'm in anxiety. Anxiety is worrying about the future, right?
1: We don't know this, and
0: yet we, we do it anyway. When I'm anxious about the future, then I go to my leg, I poke my leg, and I say, okay, are you too cold where you can't afford to pay for the heat? No, nope. got that covered. Are you so hot that you're probably gonna die soon? No, nope. got that covered. Are you fed well enough here? Yep, got that covered. Oh, I must be okay. And that helps me go back to the present moment and quit worrying about the future. Now, I'll be honest with you, two minutes later, I might forget and worry again. And I might have to poke again. But my joy would be, at the end of the day, if I actually had bruises for reminding myself over and over and over, that would be a good thing. So let's all remember that God is everywhere, in everyone. We know this. Let's celebrate it. And let's help each other remember. I loved hearing the success stories about the, the uh, everyone helping out in the in the church community. Let's remember that wherever we go, and you see the angry checker at the store was frustrated and, and all that. And remember that's God too. Let's take this. Everywhere we go, because God and prayer are like perfume. You can't pass it out with, getting, without getting a little on yourself. So let's expand the joy of remembering our wonderful God and see how many people you can pass the perfume on to in the process. Nice.